All right, guys. So a little bit different theme, as you can see on today's podcast. Um, it's actually going to be, I don't know if we'd really even call it a podcast. It's going to be a call-in interview, actually. Um, not typical, like I usually have someone sitting here next to me. Um, but I got, I somehow was able to get this fella to do a call-in interview. Very, very busy guy. So this is going to be a very short segment. Normally we're we filmed up to three hours at one point, but normally we're, we're an hour or more or 45 minutes at the least. This might take us, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, 10, 15 minutes at the most. I think, who knows, when we get on the phone, maybe maybe I can keep him on for longer. I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, and But I'm, I'm very excited, as always, uh, for you guys to check out this interview. And I'm just filming this congruently all as one clip. So um, we're going to call him, get him on the phone. Very, Like I said, very busy guy, so a lot of speaking engagements. Um, a lot of things keeping him very, very busy. So, like I said, luckily, I was able to get uh, just a few moments of his time here uh, today to just ask him some questions about his past. He's seen a lot of success in the ministry, um, done a lot of, uh, uh, you know, had, had a lot, seen a lot of uh, numbers uh, run through his ranks. And so uh, someone that some of you may know personally, someone that I've met personally, uh, worked under him for a time in the ministry. So... Without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and ring him up. We'll set the phone right here. You guys will be able to hear loud and clear. You may be able to hear better than I can. So here we go. We're going to give him a call. Got to take some notes. Hello. Yes, hello. Uh, is this Ray? This is Ray. Hi, Ray. My name's Stuart, and I wanted to say thank you for agreeing to be on uh, with me today and, and take I know you're a busy man got a lot of speaking engagements so I want to say thank you for for being with us today for a, for a few moments and it's my uh, pleasure Stuart to be on here with you I, I believe there's great value in finding people and great men to emulate or copy with your life I have four men that I have determined to copy with my life every avenue and every aspect and to make those men literally become me in my copying of them. I see. Well, let me ask you this, Ray, because you, uh, you've been around a little bit longer than I have, and I was actually born four, in... four men, Stuart. Four I men. I said there's four men. You, you missed that. There's four men. Well, okay. Would you like me to tell you those men? Yes, Ray. By all means, yes. Go ahead. The first one, of course, above all else, is the house. Okay. And if he's, he's not, if he's busy, I of course contact the second man. That's for the house. And if for some reason he can't be there, I want to contact for the house. If he can't be there, my fourth pick is for the house. Okay. So what about other other churches or other men of God? Is there would there be someone else that you besides the, this Hiles fellow that you could reach out to in a time of need? Would there be someone else? Every other man I found has been a copy of the house. So I could waste time with a copy, or I could go straight to the house and see them alone. I chose the house. I see. Well, you seem pretty, you know, um, it seems to be a common theme with you is speaking about this Hiles character. How, how did you come to meet uh, uh, Mr. Hiles? I determined in my heart, Stuart, when I was just a teenager, mm -hmm. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years of age, that I would have a goal that was fourfold with my life. The first goal I determined as a teenager was that I determined to let everyone I know know about the, the house that I know. The second goal was 
I determined to let the brother house I know Are you okay, Ray? I, is this? I know. I know this is a sensitive subject for you. It seems. The house is gone. Of course, it's his memory. But I determined to let the house I know get to know the other house I don't know yet. I see. And then I determined to let the memory of the house I know not eclipse the memory of the house I know do not know yet. And lastly, I determined to do all of this with great loyalty. I see. Well, that I mean that that's a very very moving statement from you, Ray, and I, I appreciate your your um, your desire to be lo to be loyal to this man. Is loyalty something that you would say is uh, kind of a priority or or a staple in your life? Is that something that's important to you? Everything I do is determined by loyalty factors. Okay. What loyalty? You pick up a loaf of bread, I assume, from the store, you look at the ingredients. Yes. Everything in my life, I flip it over and look at it and look at the loyalty percentages in that. Okay. High loyalty, I'll eat it. Poor loyalty or disloyalty or high loyalty, I will not touch it. This has helped me become extremely loyal. Now, you mentioned all loyalty. Can you explain that? Uh, that's not a term I'm familiar with, Ray. Can you explain that to me? Well, you won't find it in a dictionary, but Howells told us one day in a staff meeting that he pulled out a dictionary and said, I'd like you gentlemen to open this up, and he had us all turn to the L page. About halfway through with the word loyalty, he had us get a little pen knife out, and he began to cut that word out of the dictionary, you and he said, I want to redefine this. You cut it out of the dictionary, you said? Stuart, you're going to find that many words in the dictionary just are irrelevant, and they're not determined. Every definition of a word must come from the house oh, okay. and him alone. I see. So we redefined loyalty or defined it as it should have been had Noah Webster been loyal. I see. We so define loyalty is unquestioning faith and blind obedience. And I determined in my heart, Stuart, that I would never be anything other than loyalty. There is loyalty, as you are, more than likely disloyalty. And then there's our loyalty, Stuart. Our mm -hmm. loyalty is just this word that sort of defines a person who's not sure one way or the other what he is, but a man or a woman who would sit down and hear someone like Brother Howells and walk away unchanged and un unloyal to Brother Howells. Mm -hmm. So, would you, Ray, would you consider yourself uh, a, a loyal person and maybe... Could you give me a couple, two or three things, different things that you, you would consider yourself loyal to? Oh, yes. I'm very loyal. Um, I would say that probably probably one of the most loyal people that I know, and sometimes I get in a competition with myself, Stuart, oh, to see more loyal to Brother Howes, me or myself. Okay. And, uh, but, but one day, uh, Brother Howes, uh, Brother Howes in the mid-1980s, of course, there was a turbulent time for fundamentalism. There was rumors uh -huh. of wars and and big dollar payoffs and coffee deals in the Hamptons and, and all kinds of rumors had begun to sit heavily on the house and the numbers of the church began to sag and, and the disloyal and all loyal factions begin to grow and, and one of the things but the house came into a staff meeting one day and he said, Boys he always called us boys, he was boss, you know, and he of said, course. Boys he said, I feel that people in our church have become disloyal more so than the rate of loyalty 
that's being grown in our little gardens of the college. Okay. And uh, he decided, he asked us to come up with some ideas of ways we could inspire people for loyalty. And of course, we all began to weep, Stuart. And, and I went up, then I went outside and drove around Calumet City and downtown Hammond and South mm-hmm. Holland, and South Holland, mm-hmm. South Holland. And mm-hmm. I drove around and I was listening to the to, to house preaching tapes and I determined that the best way to become loyal to the house and inspire loyalty is that they could see a miracle, people could see a miracle brought from the hands of the house. I see. I went out to the hospital, Stuart, and on the 39th floor was a one of our bus kids named Javier Molina. And Javier was going to die. Oh my. And I went up and asked Javier, I said, how are you, Javier? He said, I'm dying, Brother Ray. Mm. I knew what I had to do outside of Javier's window on the 39th floor was an old oak tree. And I told Javier, so when that last leaf on that tree falls off this year, you can go ahead and go on home. And I went out that night, Stuart, and I got some extension ladders and some non-toxic paints and some brushes. Mm-hmm. brushes. And I tied those ladders together. And then I went out and I got some soft tail rubbing cloths and, and some permanent markers and I climbed up the wall of that hospital and I painted a leaf in the shape of a house face. Oh, wow. So from the window, you could look out and see a leaf that looked like a house. Nice. Stuart, every leaf fell that year, one of the hardest winters we had. Mm. Harvey looked out. I'd come by day after day. How are you, Harvey? I'm still dying, Brother Ray, he'd say. Yeah. Look out the window and our leaves would go one by one and there was one shaped like a house. I said, look at the leaf of a house, Harvey, you Leo. He looked at me, he lived. Oh. I went out to see Javier just, just a few days ago. Poor quality of life, but he's still alive. Wow. Because the leaf, and of course, numbers begin to swell in the church as people become loyal to the howls. They're inspired by the loyalty of, of one of his men. Wow. Stuart, when's the last time you were loyal enough to climb up the side of a hospital and paint a leaf of someone's face on the wall? That's a great question. Uh, that's a great question. I, I appreciate you sharing that, that story with us, Ray. Was it, obviously, you know, it seems as though this uh, Brother Hiles fellow is someone that you, you are quite loyal to and that you do anything mm. for. Was there ever uh, ever a time uh, in your, uh, you know, uh, experience with uh, Mr. Hiles before he passed, was there ever a time when he was encountering any kind of a, a difficulty or, or anything that, um, you know, anything that stressed him out that uh, you were able to help with in any way. I'm sure there's got to be a few times that, that might have happened. Well, Stuart, like I mentioned, the 1980s is when everything sort of uh, grew to a swelled uh, in the proportion with the rumors and the, the, and the, the depression and the stress. And yes. There's lots of rumors about a house and a mistress. And, and I went out one day to the costume shop in downtown Hammond, and I rented a costume that looked just like the mistress that they had said to put a house hat. Okay. And I, I went out for two or three weeks solid every day. I would come into work in my ray clothes, and I would go change into my mistress clothes, and I'd walk up and down the hallways, and I would knock on the house door. I'd walk in and walk out, and people would see me, and they'd say, why is Brother Ray dressed like a woman? And they would say, yeah. well, I, I'm not sure, but people didn't notice when the mistress did come and did leave, and oh. they couldn't tell if it was a mistress or if it was me. Oh. And uh, I would go up and down the streets dressed like that person uh, and, and drive his car, go up to the house in the middle of the night, just all the places where people were waiting to catch for the house, ah. I would be there. Wow. That that sounds like you really did a lot of work to you know ensure that... Uh 
you you did your best to protect him. I'm sure he was very appreciative of that. Yes, I, I feel the need to tell you my four goals again. Okay. Uh, fourfold. I've determined to let everyone that I know know about the Brother Howells that I know. Sure. I determined to let Brother Howells I know get to know the Brother Howells I did not know yet. And I determined to let the memory of the Brother Howells I know not eclipse the memory of the Brother Howells I do not know yet. I see. And then four, I determined to do all of this with unquestioning loyalty. That's that's tremendous. Now, uh, Ray, I have a couple, couple other questions because you've mentioned a couple times that uh, there were rumors during the, the, the 80s. There was a time of a lot of rumors yeah. seemed yeah. to be swirling around yeah. uh, this individual, um, Mr. Heil. So um, yeah. were there any rumors, anything that you can put to rest in regards to him having a sabbatical? Because at some point that did, I did find that on the, the Internet that he had had a sabbatical and uh, but it was kind of a covered, not so much covered up as maybe he had a stand-in or something like that. Is this uh, something you're familiar yes. with? Well, it's interesting you mention those rumors, and often they're spread by disloyal people. Yes. Just understand, most of the internet is uh, covered by disloyal people. Oh, okay. Um, you can you can see if it says HTTP dot backslash, that's that's code for disloyal. Oh. And just okay. so you know, any, any, anything that comes up with that is a disloyal. Just so you know, I wasn't sure if you knew that. I did not all, know that. But Thank it's you. there. And uh, that that's kind of a good way to sort of gauge that. But yeah, there was yes, sir. There was a time when when the house uh, for two years. He just the rumors had gotten to the point where the house couldn't even leave his house. He couldn't even wake up without cameras in his face. And, wow. And uh, but the house had decided one day he just came in the office and he just began to weep. Mm. And he wept for about thirty or forty minutes. My. And I remember all the staff Ben was watching for the house weep. And his tears begin to flow mm. down his shirt and begin to stain his trousers. And I remember jumping up and running out to Walmart and getting a kiddie pool from the stand in just to collect his tears so we didn't waste tears in the man of God. Okay. The tears begin to flow up to about his calves. Mm. And he said, I weep, fellas, because of this loyalty. Mm. And I begin to, I believe the problem with this fundamentalism may in fact be me. Oh my. Of course, all the staff men reminded of the house of all the victories and all the accomplishments. And, you know, the fact is that you're, you're speaking English. Do I notice when you called me, you spoke English? I and do. that's because of the house. Because oh. if not for the house, you would be speaking Russian. Uh, he turned the tide of the communists in his country as they tried to invade our land through the homes, uh, through the efforts of Bill Carlton. And oh. the house uh, took us. He said that the problems were him. Oh my. He decided to resign his church. and. He left, and, and it was on a Sunday, no, Monday, mm -hmm. that he left, and we determined as a group that no one could know if, if people got the idea that the house was no longer there, fundamentalism would rapidly decline and fall apart. And so we drew lots, and the man who studied for the house the most was elected to fill in the shoes of the house, and that was me. Oh, I, I see. I was loyal enough to study him. And I began to copy for the house all week long and prepare myself and the next two years i actually pastored the first baptist church uh, as for the house oh. i gained the weight to fill the suits i conducted counseling appointments and deacons meetings and no one outside of that little group of men knew that i was not truly for the house and i went to where the house was born and i visited his mother and she called me jackie and i smiled and 
No one knew for two years. I did counseling. I did court appearances. I did all kinds of things wow. as for the house and well, traveling Ray, the country every Tuesday preaching as for the house. And what was uh, Ray? What house. was what was Mr. Howes doing at, at this time? Where, where was he? The house had but the house had relocated to a pumpkin patch just north of South Holland, and he decided to start Pumpkin Patch Baptist Church. And of course, he was not thinking very uh, in, in the best frame of mind. No. Uh, he said, "He said, Ray, it's time for God to do work among the pumpkins." And, and I remember he printed up forty thousand flyers, and he asked me to hand deliver them, and I promised him I would. And so I took every flyer out of its pocket, I put it from one hand to another, mm. and put it face down in the stack, so I could tell my preacher I, I personally hand delivered the forty thousand flyers. And see. the day before Pumpkin Patch Baptist Church opened up, I went out with a carving knife and a whetstone and some candle wax and I began to carve faces into those pumpkins. I carved faces uh, probably of everyone but the house may have recognized with an eye shot of his pulpit at where he was currently. Oh wow. But the house came out to preach that Sunday and there was 40 pumpkins out there. And I put little speakers with actual audio recordings. This was before uh, cassette tapes even and so we had okay. phonographs and records and I began to play little record players out there, little Fisher Price record players, little people saying amen and glory to God and those things make mm -hmm. the house happy, you know, and the house came out there and he preached and, and boy, he came back and I said, how'd it go? Preacher, he said, oh, they, they loved it and, and I'm sure there'll be multiple people back next week, probably more. I see. So the next week I called in more pumpkins down for two years. That church, the house actually grew, Pumpkin Patch Baptist Church, from, from 40 pumpkins to about 700, uh, 800 pumpkins. Oh, wow. And uh, he said, Ray, this is the work that's been done because pumpkins have turned to people. <laughs> I carved faces in every pumpkin every Saturday night, and but the house never, was never able to know uh, that it wasn't truly just a pumpkin, you know. Yes. So, Ray, um, I mean, I appreciate your time. I don't know how much more time you have, and your secretary had mentioned that, you know, you had a meeting coming up this evening. It is uh, Saturday, so I don't want to take a lot of your time, but would you have um, either a um, either a specific, just, just uh, a, princ yes. a principle to give us in regards to uh, anything further on loyalty, or maybe maybe if you could leave us with one last kind of anecdote about yourself and, and or uh, Mr. Hiles that would kind of speak to the importance of loyalty yes. or, or anything like that? Oh, with, oh, without a doubt, Stuart. I believe with all my heart that what this country does not need is, we do not need tax reform, we do not need governmental reform. If anything, what we need is more and more people to surrender their lives to become loyal to the memory of the house. Okay. Um, and I would, I would say take about 30 minutes each day, and when you wake up, mm -hmm. uh, as you go about your day, uh, take 30 minutes or so and just make, take time to speak to Brother Howells and speak to the memory. And, uh, okay. and I don't think you can put a price on the value of loyalty. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, for taking some time with us today, Ray. I, I surely do appreciate your time and um, uh, and thank you for uh, relaying to us all this information and maybe putting some things yes. to rest that people may not have known. Yes, of course. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you, you, Stuart. You're welcome. Have a great day, sir. You have a fantastic evening. Goodbye. I will. Goodbye.